Welcome back. Uh, we are wrapping up a series today called Hashtag. It's been our series on social media. We've never done a series on social media, media before in the history of our church, so it's been fun. Have you guys, thought of, have you guys uh, found it helpful? Yes? Been good? Awesome. Hey, if you are a first-time guest with us here today, this is the last talk in a series of four talks. So if you want to kind of look back and kind of catch up, if you feel motivated, you can go to our church app or you can go to online and you can watch that. We have a podcast. You can catch up. Uh, but the idea behind this series, what we said is that social media is changing our lives. It's changing the way we live. It's changing the way we communicate. It's changing the way we get a job. It's changing the way our kids go to college. It's just really transforming everything that we do in our world today. And so it's important for us as Christ followers to know how to navigate through this new world that involves social media. We've said in this series that social media is not a negative thing and it's not a positive thing. It's, it's really the user that makes the difference. It's kind of like money. Money is not evil and it's not good. It's the person who uses it that determines whether or not money will be a force for good or a force for evil. Social media kind of falls into that category. Does that make sense? There are a lot of positives that come with social media. You can get behind causes and support things that, you, that are important to you. You can follow people that intrigue you. You can communicate. You can catch up with old friends and, and family members who live in different parts of the world. There's a lot of great things that you can do with social media. However, on the flip side of that, there's, there are some negatives. There are some pitfalls. There are some downsides. And so what we've been doing in the series is talking about some of those pitfalls some of those downsides, and how do we navigate through those pitfalls and downsides in a way uh, that, that basically doesn't ruin our lives. We talked about how social media, if we're not careful, can really destroy the most important relationships in our life. We talked about that in week one. We talked about how social media, if we're not careful, can really become a platform for negativity. We're just getting on there and spewing out negativity and everything's bad and, you know, the grumpy people are expressing their, their thoughts all day. Anybody know anybody like that on social media? Is that you? Is that you? And so if you're not careful, you can use it as a platform for negativity instead of using it for positivity. And we talked about that in week number two. And then last week we talked about this idea that if we're not careful, we can turn to social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or whatever platform you're on, to try to answer the needs of the soul. Uh, who am I and am I significant? And, and I made a bold statement. I thought it was bold at least. It's basically, I said that if you don't have an answer to the question of who you are and if you're not sure whether or not you're significant, don't get on social media because you're going to use it to try to answer the needs of the soul and that causes all kinds of problems. And so if you're interested in that, you can watch the talk from last week. Today, today, what are we talking about today? Oh, I'm so excited to talk about this. I want to talk to you today about parenting social media savvy children. That's what I want to talk about today. Because we are the first generation, believe it or not, that, uh, that are parenting social media savvy children. Like our kids, when they parent their kids, guess what? They're going to know. They're going to know what to do. They're going to know all the secrets. Nobody, you're, gonna be, you're not going to be able to fool them because they've been there, done that. But we, we adults, those of us who were 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, we have no clue because we didn't grow up with social media. We don't know the ins and outs of how things work, of the tricks of the Trade. Like the middle school students today, the tweeners and, and, and the young teen, they're the experts on social media. Do, do you agree with this? And, and so we're actually learning from them. That's dangerous, okay? They should not be teaching us anything about life, but, but they are. And so I, I met I, this week before I did this talk, I met with a teacher from a local high school who teaches a class called Digital Citizenship. We didn't have that class growing up, did we? 
Nobody took that class. Now you have to have digital citizenship because social media has become the life. Uh, basically, our kids' lives are wrapped up in social media. And so uh, she, I ran this talk by her, and she was able to give me some great insights. And one of the things she said, she said a lot of things, but one of the things she said was that it's amazing how clueless parents are. And she, she emphasized that word. Parents are clueless. And she teaches high school students all day, every day, you know, about social media. And so, I'm sorry, she teaches students, not high school, not high school parents. She, did I say students? Okay, whatever. So she teaches students every day about, about social media, the, the dangers and the, and the pros and the cons about it. So I want to I wanna be, be serious for a moment here today. And, and just, just the first thing in your notes I want to say is that social media, I believe social media for a teenager is like a, a minefield. It's similar to a minefield. Meaning that uh, if, you did any, if you've ever done any research on, on Afghanistan, Afghanistan is a great example. Because of all of the decades of war in Afghanistan with Russia and different countries, there are millions of mines planted in the ground all throughout Afghanistan. So much so that children don't even go out and play and, and farmers don't even farm the land. In fact, there are 2,000, between two to 4,000 deaths every year just from, from you know, Afghan men going out to farm the land and they step on a mine and they blow their leg off and because they're out in the middle of nowhere, they bleed out and they die. It's, it's unbelievable when you really do some of the research. I think it's some 750 million square meters have been, have been designated contaminated because of landmines. They just, all along the shores, all along the mountainsides, in villages, along roads, they're just everywhere, just strewn, strewn throughout the whole land. It's, it's, a, it's a travesty. I believe that's a great example or a great metaphor of the world that our teenagers face today when it comes to social media. It is a digital land uh, minefield for them. One wrong click, one wrong tweet, one wrong comment, one wrong retweet or whatever, and there, it, there could be an explosion. And I believe that's why the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, look carefully then how you walk, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Be very, very careful how you walk through this life. Don't be foolish, don't be haphazard, but pay attention and be wise. Watch this, making the best use of your time because the days are, say it with me, evil. The days are evil. We live, in a, we live in a world today where evil exists and there are people in this world who are dead set on doing evil and doing harm. Guess, get to who? To your children, to my children. That's the world we live in today. And so the Apostle Paul would say, hey, as you're going through this life, be very careful, not as unwise, but as wise. Don't live haphazardly, but be extraordinarily careful how you walk through this minefield called social media. Some of you are thinking, man, you're being dramatic. No, 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 I'm not a drama queen. Trust me, I hate drama. I do. I try to eliminate any kind of drama in my life. Just, no, just ask the people closest to me. I don't like it. <laughs> I like to chill and be calm, and I don't like drama. I'm not being dramatic. I am being dead serious with you. You know, sometimes a pastor has to give a talk of encouragement or a talk of instruction or a talk of, I don't know, teaching or whatever. And there's some of that that's going to be in this talk. But sometimes pastors need to get up and just flat out say, this is a warning. <laughs> I'm warning you. Oh, hold up, parents. I'm, I'm going to give you a warning signal. This is danger zone here for your children. Okay, that's what this talk is all about. It comes from my heart because I've got three kids of my own who are getting wrapped up 
uh, soon enough in all of this, 14, 12, and 10 years old. Does that make sense? Let's talk about some of the dangers. Number one, we talk, we talk about some minds, talk about a minefield. Watch this. We, we need to be aware of the danger of predators. Used to be where a predator would have to buy a, a creepy looking van and drive around schoolyards and open up the door and offer kids candy to come into the van so he can kidnap them. And, but our parents told us, hey, if you ever see a stranger in a van offering you candy, don't talk to him. Like, that was so easy for me. Like, that made so much sense. My mom would tell me that. I said, no, no sweat, mom. If I ever see a stranger with a van pull up, I won't get in. So nobody ever stole me. It's pretty simple. But predators today, they don't need a creepy green van, and they don't drive around neighborhoods. You know what they do? They get on their cell phone in their bedroom, and they create a false Facebook account with a picture of a 13-year-old boy, 15-year-old boy. And then, without you knowing it, they friend your 14-year-old daughter. Hey, would you accept my friendship? And then that 15-year-old boy, who's really a 22-year-old predator, begins to read all about your daughter's life because she puts everything on Facebook, doesn't she? Come on. No such thing as privacy anymore. For whatever reason, our, our students are allowed to put their whole life out there. And so now you've got a predator who knows everything about your daughter because she let him in, right? Does that make sense? Because his photo, he's cute because he's cute. And then what he begins to do is talk to her. And then what he, eventually the conversation comes to, well, let's, what are you doing Friday? Let's meet up at the park. And then they meet up. And that 15-year-old boy is a 22-year-old man who just takes her and steals her. There's a video I want you to go home and watch today. I watched it last night with my children around the dinner table. It's called The Dangers of Social Media. It's put out by a guy named Kobe, with a B, not Cody. Sorry if I got that wrong in your notes there. Kobe Person. He did a little experiment. He got three, three families involved, three sets of parents. And he asked them permission if he could pose as a 15-year-old boy. There's one for boys, there's one for girls. I didn't watch the one for boys. I watched the one for girls. So beware as you watch it. But you can watch the one for girls. It's very powerful. And what he does is he gets permission from the parents to say, hey, can I start a relationship with your daughter via Facebook and pose as a 15-year-old boy? They said, yeah, that's fine. And what I want to do is I want to lure them into a park. I want to lure them into a van. In fact, I want them to open your door when you go to sleep so I can come into your house. And the parents are like, dude, there's no way you're going to do this, but go ahead, let's do it. So they partner with this guy. And sure enough, all three times he gets one girl to meet him at a park by herself. And the, and the father's there. I thought he was going to kill the daughter. I mean, I literally thought he was gonna, there was going to be a murder on the video, on the, on the, on the YouTube video. But, of course, he, he's just screaming at her, but, but she shows up at the park. Then the next one, uh, he talks the girl into opening her door after her father goes to sleep. The dad freaks out, you know, and then the last one, he actually talks this girl into leaving her house and getting into a van. And the father and mother are in the backseat of the van, and, of course, they go nuts, you know, when the girl gets in the van. And it's, you got to watch it. you got to watch it. We show, again, I showed it to all three of my children last night because, because this is real. You cannot say, oh, that will never happen to my daughter because that's what all three sets of these parents said. Oh, she'll never open the door. She'll never come out to the van. She won't go to the park. And all three times she did. Unbelievable. We have, to be, we have to understand we live in a world of, of, of predators out there. There's 750,000 registered sex offenders in America. That's just the ones who got caught. 
The FBI has a whole department uh, now dedicated to, uh, to watching predators use social media. A whole department, the FBI. It's incredible. This is the world we live in. The days are evil. We have to be careful how we walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Are you with me? Yes or no? Parents, yes or no? Let's talk about the second one, the danger of being, becoming a great deceiver. Our kids don't really need much help to lie, but social media helps them out. <laughs> See, I was a great liar. I didn't have social media. Many of you didn't have social media. But man, I could, I could lie to my mom and dad. I was, really wasn't a bad kid, but I was a great liar. Sometimes I just do it for fun. <laughs> but social media has opened up this whole new world to, to be crafty and deceptive. Let me get, give you a, a one example. There's an app out there called called Private Photo. You can just go to, you can go right now during the service, you can download it on your phone. If I don't know why you would do that, but it looks like a calculator. It, on your kid's phone, it will appear as a calculator, but it's not a calculator. It hides all of the photos that, you, that your kid doesn't want you to see. You can't see them. So if there's inappropriate photos of any kind, they can just tuck it into this app, and, and it's just, that's just what social media does. There are always ways to, to get around mom and dad. It's just it's unbelievable. There's apps that can hide apps. <laughs> some, of you, some of you students right now, you're like, getting your phone out, like, i got to delete that one, because <laughs> now she knows, now he knows. It's this opportunity to become a great manipulator and a great deceiver. And don't think for a second that your kid's not a liar. Because she is. And he is. Come on. I'm, I'm, I've got three kids. They're pastor's kids, right? They're liars. Yeah, yeah. Good kids. Decent kids. But, but, but that's just what they do. Because they're human. So don't, don't, don't. I mean, the, the biggest mistake we can make as parents is like, not my kids. They're above that. No, they're not. Come on. Right? Let's talk about this third one. The danger of wasting time. Oh, man. Oh, man. This is unbelievable. You know, I think if you sat a bunch of teenagers down and asked them, do you really love social media? I don't think they'd say they love it. But everybody's on it, so they feel like they have to be on it. And so they've become addicted to it. And now they're just on it all the time. They may not even like it a whole lot. But they have to be there because everybody else is saying stuff and doing stuff and they need to be in the know. There's, a, there's a, a, an organization called Common Sense Media. I'll share the website with you later. But Common Sense Media did a, a, a study. This is what they found. that The average teenager spends nine hours a day in front of a screen. That is unbelievable. That is time when they're not reading. That is time when they're not working on a particular athletic skill. That is time where they're not learning how to develop actual friendships like talking. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a novel idea or, you know, it's just, it's nine hours a day. Now, some of that is, some of this, I have to, I have to uh, you know, acknowledge some of this is homework where teachers say, hey, watch this or do that. Or you have to, they have to spend time in front of a screen for homework or studies or whatever. But a lot of this is social media free time on Instagram, Facebook, and other things like that. Nine hours a day, what a waste of time. They're literally wasting their life. What could they do at that time? The Bible says, be careful how you live, not as wise, but, but not as unwise, but as wise. Redeeming the time, making the most of our time because the days are evil. And then there's the danger of bullying. The danger of bullying. This is so real in our world today. 50% of students, recent studies have shown that 50% of your kids say that they have either seen or been bullied online. Cyberbullying is what it's called. 
And what's crazy is that the same studies reveal that 95% of the students say they do nothing about it. They don't tell teachers. They don't tell their parents. They don't tell their friends. They just watch. For whatever reason, they're paralyzed. They don't, they don't report it. I don't know why. But they're bullied, and then they don't say anything. Maybe they feel like they're going to get found out, or the bullying will get worse. I don't know, but they don't say anything about it. Maybe you've seen the story of Amanda Todd, 15-year-old girl. In the seventh grade, she started chatting with some boys uh, over a webcam. And after about a year of chatting online with these boys, they convinced her, after telling her how beautiful she was and how perfect she was, and her face was so perfect, they convinced her to, to, to show her chest. So she did it. She showed her chest, and the boys in the other end of the webcam, they snapped the photo or they freeze-framed the screen or whatever they did. And it wasn't long after that where she got a, a Facebook message from one of the boys saying, look, if you don't take off more of your clothes, I'm just going to share your, this picture of your chest with the whole school and all of your friends and all of my friends. Well, of course, she, she didn't do it. And so sure enough, this boy ended up putting this picture out to everybody. It wasn't long after that that the police showed up at her house. Four o'clock in the morning, she gets a knock on the door. She says, I have to tell you that your picture of your chest is out on the internet. It's everywhere. Well, that, of course, sent her into a crazy depression, and she started cutting herself and doing all kinds of terrible things to herself. She was getting bullied at school, and everybody was calling her terrible names. She's actually got a video on YouTube. It's called The Amanda Todd Story. It's got almost 20 million views. You can watch it when you get home. It's about eight minutes. I don't have time to show it today, but she tells her whole story. One day, she moved schools twice. At the third school, she, she got so bad that she went home one day, she drank bleach and tried to kill herself. She was unsuccessful. Then she went ahead and made her video, and 30 days after she made her YouTube video, she, she successfully hung herself. And some of you might be thinking, man, that's, that's a crazy story. That's probably one in a million. It's not. It's not one in a million. It's happening right here in Indiana. In fact, Indiana has the, has the second highest teenage suicide rate in the whole country of all 50 states. And nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about teenage suicide in Indiana, but we're number two in the nation. It's incredible. Cyberbullying. It's a huge problem. See, I'm not being dramatic. I'm being dead serious. The Bible says, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, because the days are evil. Let's talk about another danger, the danger of pornography. It used to be where you had to go out and watch, rent a video or steal a magazine to look at something pornographic. Not anymore. Not anymore. Now your kid just gets on Twitter. Now your kid just gets on Instagram. You need to go home and ask your kid, how do you get to pornography via Twitter? How do you get to pornography via, via uh, Instagram? And I'm not talking about photos. I'm talking about videos. Can you imagine? Imagine a 13-year-old girl, a 13-year-old boy, watching hardcore pornographic videos in their bedroom on a phone. We're not talking about pictures. The age group that consumes pornography the most is 12 to 17-year-olds in this country. How is that possible? It's because of this. See, years ago, when, you remember when if your mom and dad wanted to keep you away from danger, what did they do? They would make you stay home. My mom would say, you can't go to that party. Billy smokes cigarettes. I don't want you around Billy. So I'd stay home, and then I wouldn't be around Billy, and then I wouldn't be tempted to smoke cigarettes, right, or whatever the situation was. You could keep your kids safe by locking them in their bedroom. You can't do that anymore because the evil has come into the bedroom with them. Parents, you need to understand something. 
This follows them into the bedroom. And they have access to to a world of evil and filth right at their fingertips. Why am I so passionate about this? Because I have three kids myself. And they're growing up in a, in a world that's different from our world. Does that make sense? It's totally different from our, from our world. And I'm trying to learn as we go, what does this new world look like? I'm passionate about this because in your notes there, it's my responsibility and it's your responsibility to guard or protect the hearts of our children. That's why I'm passionate about this. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, above all else, guard your heart. Protect your heart. This is a father to a son. Above all else, here's what I want you to do. Guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. All of your behavior, all of your choices, how you treat people in your life, it all flows from your heart. And so there's two channels into the heart, the eyes and the ears. And what we see and what we hear shape the type of person we become. When I say the heart, the Bible says the person that you are, your character. So I need, to, I need to watch and protect what comes through my eyes and what comes through my ears because it's shaping who I become. Parents, our job is to protect the hearts of our children because their hearts are being shaped by ideas, by videos, by pictures, by statements all day long via social media or text messaging. Does that make sense? The ideas... The pictures, the videos are coming right into their eyes and ears through this device right here. We used to be able to protect them by keeping them home and away from the world. We can't do that anymore. We have to totally change our tactics. The Bible says above all else. See, as a parent, I'm tempted. (laughs) I'll just be honest with you because I'm probably shallow, okay, and just admit that. There's some part of me that's shallow. Above all else, I want my kid to be a great basketball player. (laughs) How ridiculous is that? Above all else, I'm making sure he gets his push-ups in and his drills in and how many shots did you shake to take today. And I'm really focused on some of those things. And if you ask my wife, you know, she would probably say, well, above all else, we, he needs to get good grades and they need to get good grades so that so they can be an honor society, be in the early college program and so that, you know, they can go as far as they can, right? See, well, well, as parents, sometimes we get our priorities totally out of whack. Above all else, we're to be guarding their hearts. Not making sure they're performing at, at peak levels in sports or athletics or, or whatever it is, academics. Above all else, we need to be guarding their heart. Why? Because everything that they do flows from their heart. Does that make sense? So let me give you a couple of thoughts here on how to protect your kid's heart. What do we do as parents? What can we do as moms and dads? Number one, we got to get smart. We got to get smart. We got to know what the heck is going on. We didn't grow up with social media, so we got to do our homework. How does Instagram work? Do you know? Do you know? Your kids know. You got to know. Not only do you have to know, you have to probably know more than them. What is it asking of your student? How do people follow them? Do they have a private account? You got to know. You got to get smart about this stuff. How does Twitter work? What does Twitter ask of your children? You know, can creepy people follow your child? Who is following your child on Twitter? You have to know. Are 27-year-olds following your 14-year-old? Creepy, right? 
Who would do that? Well, there's predators out there who would do that. Does that make sense? So you have to get smart. There's a great website. I mentioned it earlier. It's called commonsensemedia.org. If you're a parent, you've got to utilize this website. There's lots of helpful stuff on here that helps you understand how apps work, how all these things are working, the tricks of the trade, how your students are trying to deceive you, how your kids are trying to manipulate you, that whole thing right there, commonsensemedia.org. You have to get smart. Number two, you have to monitor their use you got to step your game up. Understand that when they are on this device, it's like a minefield. And one wrong tweet, step, click, can blow up an arm or a leg or part of their heart. And so you got to watch what they're doing. You gotta, if they're on Twitter or Instagram, you got to follow them. you got to be their friends. you got to, hey, I would take it a step further and follow their friends. Right? Make sure you know what, what their top five, the five people who are closest to them, make sure you know what those people are saying. That'll tell you a lot about your kid. And then, and then you gotta, you know, you gotta just basically be in their stuff. You gotta be, you gotta, you gotta get real close to everything that they're saying on social media. You gotta monitor their use. This is a new game we're playing here today as parents. We gotta change our tactics because our kids are doing things behind our backs. They're sneaking around. They really are. There's a great device that recently came out called the Circle or Circle, and I don't have one yet, but uh, it's, it's a device that helps you to monitor all of the social media and gaming use in your house, and there's a great video I wanted to show you real quick. Check this out. It's called The Circle. So I'm a mom, and I spend more time trying to manage my kids and their devices than anything else. Talking to my kids usually looks like this. Grant. 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 But not anymore, now that I have Circle. Circle is a new way for families to manage content and time online for every device in the home. Pair Circle with your Wi-Fi and manage everything with the app. So what can Circle do, you ask? How about set a time limit on Facebook for my daughter? Circle actually adds up the time she spends on each of her devices and then cuts her off when she's reached her limit. I can also set up a filter with Circle to make sure my boys don't end up on parts of the internet they shouldn't even know about. Just set the filter profile by age, and then it's easy to customize it by app and category. But my personal favorite, I can pause the internet. And did you ever wish your kids' devices had a bedtime? Now they do. Just set a sleep time and an awake time, and just like that, me time. Hello, Netflix. And if I want to know how many hours my youngest spent on Minecraft this week compared to last, Circle makes it easy. wonder how much time I spent on I can also manage Circle from anywhere. Circle will notify me with things like when that Facebook time limit is finally reached. And if it weren't awesome enough already, Circle partnered with these nice folks to make it even, well, more awesome. And now for some much needed family time. Thanks, Circle. Grant, 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 Grant.
Now, just to be clear, we're not selling these devices. We don't have them in the lobby for you for a discounted price, okay? So we're not doing that. I don't have one yet. I just wanted you to know what is out there. That actually came, I got that link from our family ministries director here at the church. Just to help parents and equip parents, there are ways that you can monitor the use of your child's social media use, and we would encourage you to do that. Let's talk about this third one. Number three, talk, talk, talk. This may be the most powerful thing I say today. Engage in conversation with your children on what is being said, what their friends have said, what is being posted, what is oversharing look like, what's inappropriate content versus appropriate content. Talk to them about the consequences of their actions. Talk to them about the fact that once they post something, it's out there forever. Let me say that again, forever. They can't take it back. Amanda Todd could not take her picture back once she took her shirt off. It was out there forever. They have to understand the consequences of their decision. Do you know, do you know that teenagers' brains are not fully developed? It's true. I don't know the science all behind it. The science has already been done. I just haven't read the articles. I've just heard that as you study a teenager's brain or a middle school student's brain, it's incomplete. Now, some of you are going, well, that explains a whole lot. (laughs) I know. It does in my house, too. It wasn't until I was 16 when my dad grabbed me by the throat and said, do you understand there's consequences to your choices? And I was like, okay, I finally get it, you know? My brain wasn't connecting the dots. Like, when you make a decision, there's consequences. Like, so have, have these conversations. I, again, one of the, the teacher that I met with this week uh, of digi- di- that teaches digital citizenship, she said that, and I didn't know this, and now we have to talk about this with our kids, is that if you snap a photo of yourself, uh, a naked photo of yourself, I don't know why students would do this, but they take their clothes off and they take these, these naked photos and, or, or, or whatever. If you take that photo, you're now in possession of child pornography, which is a felony. A felony. If you then take that picture of yourself nude or a picture of your girlfriend nude or boyfriend nude, and then you send it to somebody else, that person is now in possession of child pornography, which is a felony. Now, I'm not sure how we prosecute 13-year-olds in this country for, for, for felonies, I'm not, but I do know it's serious business. You can get in a whole lot of trouble. But you've got to talk to your kids about that. Do never take your clothes off and take a photo. I can't even believe I'm saying this from this platform. You would think that that's common sense. It's not. They're doing it all day every day. It's craziness, right? So you have to talk, talk, talk all the time. Anderson Cooper in his special called Being 13 on social media use in teenagers, he said that's the number one solution to solving a lot of the problems of social media is having the conversation on a regular basis with your children about the dangers and pitfalls of social media use. Let me give you the last one. Number four, take the stupid thing away. Oh my gosh. Take it away for crying out loud. Mom, Dad, you're in charge of the house. You're the parent. Your kid doesn't run the household. You pay the stupid bill. If your child is showing that he or she is not responsible enough to handle Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, take it away. And guess what? Don't give it back. Some of you take it away for two weeks and then you give in to pressure and then you give it right back to them and then they repeat the whole cycle over again. Why? Because their brains are not fully developed. See that? Take the device away. You're in charge. Now, this is thus saith Danny, not thus saith the Bible or the Lord. Okay, let me give you a little bit of my opinion. I have a 14-year-old son. He's awesome. Some of you know him. He's a very trustworthy individual. He has shown amazing responsibility in our house. His conscience is very sensitive. He will not ask for a cookie. Uh, He will not take a cookie unless he first asks. A little bit strange, I know. 
Sometimes we have to tell him, just take the cookie. <laughs> he's a really good kid. Not perfect. He's a liar, as some have already, have already stated. <laughs> and I really do trust him. And my wife trusts him. He's never given us a reason not to trust him. But this is his phone. He's 14. This is a Walmart special. I think we paid $19.99. No Twitter, no Instagram, no Facebook, no Snapchat, nothing. He has no social media presence at all. You can look him up. He's not there. All, now, all of his friends have one. He's 14 now. He's in the eighth grade. He's going to be a freshman next year, which is nuts. All of his friends are on the, you know, the, the Instagram, Twitter, all the stuff, all the chatter. He doesn't see any of it. He doesn't have any access to it. Why is, why, why is he not? Why does he have this, this ridiculous phone? which is really hard to text because there's three letters on every number. Do you remember that? <laughs> His texts are really short. <laughs> I'm done. You know, <laughs> come get me. <laughs> Why have we done that? It's not a trust level for my son. You know, I mean, some of it is, but, but I don't trust his knuckleheaded friends. To say, Andrew, check out this photo. Send. Ah! <laughs> you know, anybody have stupid friends like that? right? It's just a world out there that's evil. And I'm trying, my wife and I, we're trying to protect the hearts of our children. Some of you, some of you may be thinking, well, you're doing that because you're the pastor and you have to be really, like, really, really, really sensitive. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to be an example to you. I and mean, I don't even care about that right now. I'm trying to protect the hearts of my kid. You see that? That's what's at stake because everything he does, everything she does, everything they do comes from the heart. And how is the heart formed? Through the eyes and through the ears. Images, videos, and ideas that come right into their bedroom. Well, not Andrew's, but, 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 uh, but your kid's bedroom via social media. So I, this not, I'm not telling you that the Bible says that. I'm not telling you that God says that. I'm telling you, you have to decide as a parent, how far do you want to go to protect your kid's heart? How far? Right? That's the, that's the decision you have to make. All I'm encouraging you to do is that, it, uh, is, is, or all I'm encouraging you is that it is your responsibility to guard their heart. The Bible says live carefully, walk carefully, not as, not as unwise, but as wise because the days are evil in our world today. Now, I hope that you hear that from a heart of love. There's nothing judgmental in my heart. I don't know what you guys do with your kids. I, I, in fact, I don't even want to know. I just, I just hope that you step your game up and, and guard their hearts. Because that's what, that's what Jesus is most concerned about. You know, when you look at the teachings of Jesus, you see him speaking about the heart. He would say things like, you know, out of the heart, you know, the, the words, you know, words come from your heart. He would say things like, if you make the tree good, the fruit, the fruit will produce itself. What was he talking about? He was talking about the heart. He would say, out of the heart come, come evil desires and all kinds of wickedness. It's a, Jesus came for our hearts. Now, what are our hearts? Our hearts are who we are. It's who we are. And unfortunately, each one of us are born into this world with a heart that has gone astray. A heart that has said no to God. A heart that is bent on sin. And that's why Christ came into the world. He came into this world to die on a cross to make our hearts right. That his spirit would come to fill our hearts and begin to transform our hearts and turn us into the people that he has created us to be. Yes, the cross of Jesus Christ is, is there to forgive us of our sins and take us to heaven when we die. But there's a long time between now and then. What does Jesus want to do in the meantime? He wants to transform and change and renew 
our hearts. There's some of you here today, you've never put your faith in Christ. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus hasn't entered into your heart. The Spirit of God doesn't fill your heart and your soul. Perhaps today, perhaps today, you would take that step and you'd put your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, but also to have him enter into your life and begin transforming your soul. If you feel led to do that right now, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pray a prayer. And if you feel led, if you feel like this moment is for you, that you want to extend your faith and put your faith in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, pray, pray this simple prayer. Reach out to him in faith. It's a prayer that he loves to answer. In this very holy moment, with no one walking around or disturbing anybody else, would you bow your head and close your eyes? You reach out to Christ in faith. Ask him to be your savior. Ask him to fill your heart. Say these words. Dear Jesus, right now I'm trusting you. I'm putting my faith in you. I believe that you died on the cross for me to wash away all my sin, to remove all the guilt, to take away all the shame. I place my faith in you. Wash me, forgive me, make me your child. Fill me with your spirit today. Begin to transform my heart and change me into the man or the woman that you've created me to be. It's in Christ's name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, our church would love to put a gift in your hand. It's a one-year Bible. It's a one-year New Testament broken down into 365 daily readings. There's tables in the back to my left and to my right. If you prayed to receive Christ, if you're in the balcony or on the main floor, just right after I'm done praying here, go back there and say, hey, I prayed to receive Christ. Can I have one of those Bibles? They'll put one in your hands for absolutely free. And the reason we want to do that is because we believe with all of our heart that as you take God's truth into your mind and into your heart, it begins to shape and it begins to mold the person that you become. Can we give God glory today for what he's done? As a parent, as a, as a parent, here's the deal. I'm in this with you, sweating with you, crying with you, having conversations with you. Engage engage. Don't give up. If your students already have social media and it's already causing lots of problems, listen, engage. Do not disconnect. It's not too late. Have the conversations. Engage with them. Help, try to understand them. Try to help them connect the dots between their choices and their consequences. It's not too late to do that. Agreed? Yes? Good challenge? Awesome. Let's pray. God, give us the courage as moms, as dads, as grandparents, as uncles, as aunts to help our younger people, to help them avoid the traps and the pitfalls and the, the landmines that are out there when it comes to social media, the bullying and the pornography and all of the nonsense that takes place. Give us the wisdom, give us the courage to, to look carefully how we walk not as unwise, but as wise, because the days are evil. You've called us to protect their hearts. Give us the diligence to do that. Above all else, to guard our children's hearts so that they can become the men and women you created them to be, so that they can then take the truth of your word 
and advance your kingdom in this world. And we'll give you all the glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We're starting a brand new series leading up to Easter next week. Bring a friend. You're not going to want to miss it.